And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Wow, that changed the volume of my, my voice quite a bit. Apparently, I was just in a dead zone on the microphone. Um, want to thank R&B Car Company. First of all, if you're looking for a used vehicle, cars, trucks, vans, SUVs, crossovers, and more, go to rbcarcompany.com. Take a look at their special promotional offers and their full inventory from all of their locations right there on their website. Let them know that I sent you. The other thing is, is that I, got, I guess we got to give you an update on like mask stuff and school stuff. Josh was late today. John was a little irritated by that coming downstairs and having to do some stuff. And, and I was like, are you running my board today? And he's like, well, I'm planning on it. <laughs> but what ended up happening is Josh, being a young guy, not fully realizing the nuances of being adults, uh, didn't realize that it was pickup time for school. And got caught in some heavy traffic. So because schools are back in, we're still having these debates. We talked about the crazy professor from Notre Dame yesterday who loves espousing uh, very, very interesting conspiracy theories on, on social media. Well, she's... Did that... Does anybody have any information on that? She's supposed to pull her kid out. And there's supposed to be a mass protest in favor of forcing masks on kids. So there's going to be... She's trying to organize a bunch of parents at Penn to pull their kids out today, tomorrow, and Friday. Because nothing says, I'm a professor in support education, like getting your kid out of school, right? So she she wants to pull everybody out of school in order and then have a protest on Friday in favor of requiring masks. And she tried she used her her Notre Dame email to try and get Notre Dame faculty to do this. I don't know how many Notre Dame faculty live in Granger. Um, I wasn't aware that Granger was a Notre Dame or well. Is is Penn's not really in Granger, is it? No, that's not Granger. Never mind. I don't know how many. Is it? Is that? Well, I mean, I know that there are people in Granger who go there, but I know it's it's Mishawaka. Is that technically Granger though? It is Granger. Okay. I ride my motorcycle through Granger every day when I'm on my way to work. Ha ha ha! I got a little bit of that pixie dust on me. So, I don't know how many Notre Dame professors or faculty have kids at Penn, but she was convinced there's a lot of them. So maybe there is. I'm not sure. And the idea was to pull them out today, tomorrow, and Friday, and then have a protest at Penn on Friday trying to force kids to be masked up. That was the, the whole point. The next step of her insanity was to go after the school board and get everybody who didn't support required masks off of the school board. That, that was her next step. Now, in between all of this, she espouses crazy conspiracy theories like Capitol Police officers were assassinated on January 6th. Uh, and she just posted that just two weeks ago. So she's well aware that it did not happen, but she's still okay doing it. She probably thinks Ocasio-Cortez, because a part of that tweet was uh, attacking members of Congress, she probably thinks Ocasio-Cortez was actually assaulted on January 6th and not blocks away safe in her office. She probably thinks that. But this is just one example. Now, Chicago, and I know some of you brought this up on the live stream yesterday, and we've got the article up at the uh, uh, 953mnc.com. We published this yesterday. Chicago is going back to requiring indoor masks. Now, that is going to happen on Friday because COVID will wait until Friday. So Chicago announces that they're going to require indoor masks on Friday because it's not really all that important between now and Friday, just, just on Friday. COVID will wait. Just like COVID will not target you if you go to Lollapalooza, but will target you if you go to Sturgis. COVID will not target you if you go to Obama's birthday party, but it will target you if you have an anti-lockdown protest. It will not target you with protesting over social justice or anything like that. So just 
just so we're crystal clear. But it will target you if you're an Orthodox Jew in New York. Okay, So COVID has rules. COVID just hasn't written down what those rules are for us, and we're still trying to figure those out. So Chicago's going to redoom, redoom, <laughs> Freudian slip, resume indoor mask mandates on Friday. In the meantime, we've got a second Indiana school district that has now decided to go to distance learning because of COVID. And I was uh, watching some of my, my friends in my hometown in Las Vegas. They were talking about, uh, I guess, the Henderson School District. Now, Henderson is to Las Vegas like Mishawaka is to South Bend. They're connected at the hip. You go in and out of them all the time. They have different governments, but really for the average person out there, they're no different. So in Henderson, they are um, apparently going to e-learning because of COVID. They haven't had an outbreak or anything. They're just, they're just doing it. So there's two Indiana school districts now that have returned to virtual learning because of COVID. Uh, the Mackinacquah School Corporation in Miami County has been the second school district in the Hoosier State to return to virtual learning. Again, articles at 953mnc.com. Uh, thanks to the spread of COVID-19 among students, uh, school uh, also canceled all extracurricular activities through August 29th due to concerns about coronavirus. I, And that would be the more accurate way of putting it, is that, you know, it's really... There isn't a massive spread um, amongst the students, but, you know, there is there's a little bit, which was expected. You're going back to school. Students are one of the only populations. Younger people are one of the only populations left unscathed so far, and they're, they're going to get hit as the virus makes itself more uh, more appealing to young immune systems. On Sunday, Henry County's Shenandoah School Corporation announced that they'll be doing remote learning uh, for at least the next two weeks. Their discussion was based on a directive from the Henry County Health Department. Uh, Mackinacqua says that their two elementary schools had absentee rates of more than 30%, with the middle school at nearly half and high school at nearly 65%. Now, just so everybody's crystal clear, that doesn't mean that the kids have COVID. It means the kids are not coming to school. And that could mean that there are parents out there who don't want to send their kids to school. I support that. We've got a mechanism now where parents don't have to do too much to go ahead and do e-learning and things of that nature. So why why not take advantage of that? If, if you as a parent are that worried about it for various reasons, you should be able to take advantage of those things. So they're shutting down not because there's an outbreak of COVID. They're shutting down because kids aren't showing up to school. That's what they're doing, um, which some of you, we were concerned about this. So far, we've been okay the past couple of days, but obviously it's still early. Um, you know, when kids haven't gone to school in like a year and a half, Getting them to wake up in the morning at 6 o'clock, not always the easiest thing in the world to do. Uh, so we're going to probably run into a lot of that stuff. Uh, contact tracing showed the coronavirus is being spread from student to student among uh, almost immediately after classes began. There is no data on how many students actually are infected, which is interesting. Uh, 13 staff members, 7 bus drivers also tested positive for COVID, which is uh, crazy because they're all vaccinated. Anyway, um, the reason that I, I'm bringing this up is I want you to be, un be aware of what's happening in the, in the state uh, both on the Indiana and the Michigan side of things, because this is going to start spreading. There is an effort to make sure that schools get closed down again. There is an effort to make sure that even if they do reopen after another close down, that they're going to require masks on everybody. There is no science to back up any of this. We've been over this a million times. I know that you're sick and tired of me doing it, but here's the thing. Every time you turn on the news, you've got somebody on there. And uh, local news uh, just did this yesterday. Local news had a letter signed by a couple of, of people in the medical field saying, oh, we need to do this. And 
that's the reason that I provide you with all of the other medical and scientific experts who say that this doesn't make any difference. If you have people who say we should do this, you need to understand that they're making that recommendation based on not science, not medical fact, based on fear, perhaps a political agenda, depending on where this is coming from, and because they don't have another answer. And they can't just throw their hands up and go, we don't know what to do. The reality of the situation is when you look at the, the numbers from the 2019 flu season compared to now, far less kids are sick now than they are in a typical flu season. Far less kids are in a hospital now than they are in a typical flu season. Far less kids are in the ICU now than they are in a typical flu season. Certainly in the 2019 flu season, which was an especially bad season, by the way. That has not changed. And so the question always comes up. And I know that COVID is different than the flu. But the Delta variant is pretty similar. The question has to be asked, why are we doing this for COVID when we're not doing it for other things? Especially when those things are more dangerous for young populations. And that is a question that they never answer. Nobody ever attempts to answer that question, by the way. Nobody does. No school board attempts to answer that. No local public health official attempts to answer that. None of these uh, uh, doctors or, or people in the medical community who sign these public uh, protestations, none of them attempt to answer that at all. They never provide you with any scientific evidence that what they're claiming you should do is actually going to be beneficial and help you in any way. They never provide any studies that are peer-reviewed about this. They never do any of that. As a human being who is a critical thinking adult, you need to take a step back and go, why is that? And the answer is they don't have it because the data doesn't back them up on that. Now, there is an argument to be said that we haven't had enough time, resources devoted to researching this, and therefore my opinion is this may be beneficial to do something like that. Now, there's nothing wrong with somebody going out publicly and saying that, and there are a few that are saying that. The problem is that you have a bunch of people going, it is a medical fact, this, it is, this, is science, this, and it's not. Those people are lying to you, and that's the problem. Now, if you have somebody in the medical field who says, hey, I would love to, uh, you know, I would love to go back to school, but here's my concern, X, Y, and Z. My opinion is it might be better if we do distance learning. Here's why. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not even going to criticize somebody for doing that. I might counter a couple of their points if I have a, a, an argument there. But there's nothing wrong with that. My issue is that the science is clear. You need to put a mask on your kid. Well, actually, the science says the exact opposite. That's my point. There was a nurse that just resigned. Uh, I don't remember what state this was in, but she went viral last night. A bunch of people sent it to me. There's a nurse that just resigned, and she was she was talking to the board, and she was letting all of them know, like, you're all wearing masks up there. Like, you, you, you know that those masks aren't going to do anything for you. Now, this is a nurse. And occasionally you'll run into a nurse, Karen, most of the time, they're guys, by the way, the nurse Karens. Um, you'll run into them on social media, and they'll be like, I'm a nurse. Of course I support masks. Well, that's that's not an argument, and it's not based on science. As I've told you before, you know, early on when we were telling you, yeah, wear a mask, make sure you sanitize it and clean it, and only wear it one time. Part of the reason that we did that was we thought COVID was not airborne. COVID was droplet-based, and a mask can absolutely work against droplet-based, as long as you don't touch the thing and as long as you sanitize it after you wear it every time. That's critical, but that wasn't happening. So for a long time on this show, my point was, all right, you're not wearing your mask right. You need to sanitize your mask. You need to do this. You need to do that. And once we knew it was aerosolized, that's where everything changed because the science is completely different for an aerosolized virus. And there's a lot of people still running around operating as if COVID were spread through droplets. We know that COVID 
can be spread through droplets, but rarely is, which is why there's such a low rate of surface infection with COVID. It's getting into your eyes, it's getting into your nose, it's getting into your mouth through the air and those droplets. The other thing that I wanted to bring up is that if you are in the Indiana State database for contact tracing, congratulations, you're the victim of identity theft. Well, more, more on that coming up on 95.3 MNC. Hey, good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Well, three quarters of a million Hoosiers were in the state of Indiana's COVID-19 online contact tracing survey, which is what they make you all do uh, when you get COVID. You go into the, they send you the survey, they, they email it to you, they text it to you. It's a whole thing. You got to fill it out and all that stuff. So about 750,000 Hoosiers were in that database. And, um, yeah, um, they, they got they got hacked, breached, whatever you want to call it. Nearly 750,000 Hoosiers have had their data exposed from the state's COVID-19 online contact tracing survey, according to the Indiana Department of Health. Now, I seem to recall there was, um, there was this guy a little while ago when this program got started who said, I can almost guarantee you there will be a data breach. His name, it rhymed with Casey, but I don't remember what the name was. Just throwing that out there. You know why? Because government databases always get breached. That's that's why. The information was improperly accessed by a company that intentionally looks for software vulnerabilities in an attempt to gain bonus uh, business, uh, according to Tracy Barnes. So this is a white hack attempt, but nonetheless, it's been exposed. You're hoping that the company is not using it nefariously, um, but at the same time, they broke into it. Now, what ends up happening with these white hat Hackers, they'll breach something. Sometimes they're hired. Sometimes they just do it on their own. And they're like, hey, you know that database you have, Indiana? Yeah, we broke into it. You want to hire us so we can secure that thing? And Indiana will say, whoa, no, we're okay. Continuing to use our 1997 technology. Um, And if you know anything about the Indiana government websites, you know that the 1997 technology comment is not that far off. Uh, The state learned of the incident on July 2nd. Last week, the state and the company that accessed the data signed a certificate of destruction to confirm that the data was not released and was destroyed. But good to know that the database is not in any way secure. A state says that it has since corrected a software configuration issue. Sure it did. Shouldn't have had a software configuration issue to begin with. I mean, things happen, but... It's a government database, for crying out loud. Would be nice if you actually took care of everybody's data. That way nobody could breach it. So just so we're all crystal clear, this was not a nefarious cyber attack. This was a white hack breach that was designed to expose vulnerabilities in the data. But nonetheless, your data was exposed because a company did this on their own. They did not get a contract from the state of Indiana to do this. So this was something they did on their own to try and get business and then they did sign a certificate of destruction meaning that they were going to destroy all of the information as is required by law they're going to destroy all the information and everything else so your data should still be protected but you should know that the database shocker was exposed and who knows if it's been breached before by another group that isn't a white hat uh group so that's that's the big question is did another nefarious group get get access to this data or not so Good luck with that. It's like government databases. It's like they're almost predictable or something. It's, it's weird how it always ends this way. 
<laughs> More coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Don't forget to go to rumble.com slash Casey, the host. Hit that subscribe button. We'll uh, come back here in just a couple minutes after news. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Go to Z-Bar to South. Not, not Z-Bar to South. Yes, go to Z-Bar to South Bend, but only after you buy your car from R&B Car Company. I'm halfway through my cup of coffee, guys. This is, I'm sorry. It, it, I have not eaten today, and I am uh, obviously caffeine deprived, so I apologize. But go to R&B Car Company. Let them know that I sent you, okay? RBCarCompany.com. True story. Bought a car there. We'll be taking it to Z-Bart. Actually happened. All right. The Taliban. The Taliban opened fire on a crowd of Afghans as they were waving the Afghanistan flag and protesting the Taliban taking over in various parts of the country. And the Taliban doing what the Taliban does. Um, shot them. Taliban terrorists reportedly opened fire on a crowd in Afghanistan on Wednesday because the protesters insisted on waving the flag of Afghanistan. Of course, the Taliban doesn't like that. They have their own flag. <clears throat> a public display of dissent in the northeastern city of Jalalabad was met by an overwhelming use of force. According to New York Times, Taliban soldiers fired into the crowd and beat pr- uh, protesters and journalists. NBC News journalist Richard Engel tweeted, Afghans demonstrate in Jalalabad in support of keeping the Afghan flag instead of the white Taliban flag. Local media report Taliban fires on them, killing two and injuring others. Um, there, There is video of this, so it, it happened. Uh, next, reportedly Taliban fighters have discovered soft-serve ice cream and have been trolling trolling Biden by eating ice cream. As, uh, Biden loves his ice cream, and the media loves that Biden loves his ice cream, and the media endlessly reports on how great his ice cream choices are. But God forbid Donald Trump had two scoops and everybody else had one. That was a that was a massive scandal. Remember that? Uh, so, yeah. Th- now, to be fair, there's some people saying we can't independently confirm that these are Taliban fighters, but they're they're doing the whole soft serve ice cream thing and making fun of uh, old Joe. All right. I also got a quote here from Joe Biden. I'm getting sick and tired of hearing about morality. Our moral obligation, the U.S. has no obligation to evacuate one or 100,001 South Vietnamese. That was Senator Joe Biden back in 1975. So it's good to know that at least on one issue, Joe Biden has been consistent for his entire political career, uh, evacuating refugees. And I'm not saying that I'm in favor of getting all them refugees out. There are certain, uh, certain people in Afghanistan that deserve to get out. Uh, the interpreters, people who worked with our frontline troops uh, for years and things like that, everybody else, um, you know, I, I, I hate to be hate to be this way because I'm watching these heartbreaking videos of Afghan women and girls. Um, but we can't take everybody. We just can't. Uh, but those who actively helped our troops over there and were working with our troops, they need to get out because they're going to be executed. And they, they frankly deserve a pass to the United States if they served with distinction and honor. Uh, this is another one. So I told you the other day, what ended up happening is um, there was a report that came out that said Kamala might have had a major role in the Afghan pullout. Now, 
That seemed interesting. I, I joked that the two things that she's been given to do, the border and Afghanistan, have all fallen apart. Um, but it also didn't really make a lot of sense for Kamala Harris to be involved in the Afghanistan situation. It wouldn't have made any sense. Now, there is another report that if true, and I don't know that it is, but if true, that apparently Kamala is going off on Joe Biden, and the quote is, you will not pin this bleep on me. Now, friendly reminder, this is unconfirmed. We're not going to be CNN or MSNBC and run around and tell you that a rumor that came out of the White House was true because it was bad for Trump. That's what they did, and I'm not going to do that because it's bad for Biden. But the rumor is, the report is, Kamala is furious that there are reports that she was involved in this. And she's trying to say, I'm not getting pinned for this. I had nothing to do with it. Again, I don't know if it's true. But there is a report from Becker News that Harris refused to be a part of addressing the American people on Sunday after the terrorist group took over Kabul. Becker reports that a source informed him that Harris screamed, they will not pin this bleep on me. Becker notes in his report that one American News Network host, Jack, uh, uh, is it Posebeek? 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 Uh, was provided with a similar account of what happened at the White House. So, that's interesting stuff. If it's true, if it's true, it could be that Kamala is finally like, okay, I'm not going to be the whipping girl here. You're not going to keep pinning this stuff on me. Now, I want to play some audio. Could you please cue up my audio? So this is the ambassador, Linda Thomas-Greenfield. Okay, She's the ambassador to the United Nations for the Biden administration. And this is what she said when she went on Wolf Blitzer. Who? Oh, by the way, other news. Um, Wolf Blitzer still has a show. I I thought he was canceled when he lost 80% of his viewers like two years ago. Sorry. I, my apologies. Wolf Blitzer still has a show. He still checks out. He doesn't listen to anything his guests say. He just nods his head and, and is totally checked out. But he had the ambassador of the U.N. on, and this is what she said. And we have expressed in no uncertain terms here at the United Nations through a very strongly worded press statement from the Security Council that we expect the Taliban to respect human rights, including the rights of women and girls. Mm. We have also indicated that they have to be respectful of humanitarian mm. law. Mm-hmm. And we. Okay. Um, now she is talking about a Security Council strongly worded letter. That's that's nice. Um, I'm sure the Taliban care about that. Did you did you see the videos of them beating women and, and kids in the street yesterday? You see that? You see that there was a, an American contractor who's still trapped in it. By the way, the number has gone from between five and 10,000 Americans trapped in Afghanistan to 15,000. Trapped. And the Pentagon today, official statement, we still don't know if we're going to be able to get to you. You have to get to the airport. We can't guarantee your safety on, on, on your way to the airport. There is a Taliban interpreter, or not a Taliban interpreter, Afghan interpreter, my apologies, who has a visa to get into the United States, who has now reached out to uh, the U.S. press and said, they're not letting me through. The Taliban are refusing to let me through. They're keeping me here, and they're going to execute me the moment you guys leave. So the Taliban are, are staving off most of the executions and stuff like that until we're like officially gone and the evacuation is done. Some of these planes, according to a report yesterday, some of these planes are taking off from Kabul with empty seats. And that is because they're getting people out that they can. Other people still haven't got to the airport. 
A contractor says that he was uh, cornered and beaten by the Taliban here. You got Americans that are reaching out to all sorts of news outlets, trying to let everybody know, begging and pleading with the, the Biden administration, please get us out. And as I've said before, I don't care what you think of Donald Trump. Donald Trump's track record on leaving Americans behind in other countries and war zones is crystal clear. He wouldn't do it. He would never allow this to have happened. You know it, and I know it. But Biden, since 1975, has basically had the same premise. I don't care. You didn't get to the airport on time. You're on your own. So long. And I will repeat the statement that I have said over the past several days as this thing has been unfolding. Why are Democrats so good at leaving Americans behind in war zones? Because they consistently do it. Got more coming up. 95.3 MNC. Unfortunately, we got Drew Barrymore's talk show on in here, and and I don't I don't say that because the show is bad. I I, I don't know. I just hate talk shows. But Drew Barrymore is on there, and there is a new scientific research that came out said that you if you are keeping up on your emails, it causes stress and anxiety. See, perfect excuse. Next time my boss gets upset with me and my email responses, you. You help me point that out. The research says crystal clear. I'm not supposed to do that. It's it's too stressful. All right. Rumble.com slash Casey the host. Rumble.com slash Casey the host. I've already had a couple of instances where my voice is going, so uh, don't be surprised if I end up losing it this week. All right. There is a very important thing when it comes to Afghanistan. See, the Biden administration has an expert, huh, air quote, on Afghanistan in the administration, an expert. So you could go to this expert if you're in the Biden administration and ask them anything about Afghanistan. And this person knows it without any hesitation. There'll be no doubt forwards and backwards. This person knows Afghanistan like the back of his hands. So all you have to do is just walk over to him and ask a simple question. And they would be able to help you and bail you out of this fiasco. There is no doubt the news media, including the, the left-wing news media, they really are angry at Joe Biden right now. The reports that Kamala are saying, you're not pinning this crap on me. A bunch of other people are, are pointing out that, you know, Biden's in big political trouble here. This is, this, is not, this is not good. So they've got to do damage control. And the best way to do damage control is to go to your Afghanistan expert and have your Afghanistan expert go out in front of the news and start explaining the situation to everybody. And that Afghanistan expert is Pete Buttigieg, our former mayor. Pete Buttigieg never kept his mouth shut. Anytime Trump said anything about the military or anytime there was a story about the military in the Trump administration, Pete Buttigieg always made sure to chime in on it. And he was often wrong. And we got in many arguments over social media when he perverted the chain of command and how that all works. But but I digress. So you go to Pete Buttigieg, and you have Pete Buttigieg, who is an Afghanistan war veteran that Politico painted as having PTSD. You go out there, and you you let the world know, I was in Afghanistan. What's happening right now is, is okay, and here's why. Because I'm Pete Buttigieg, and I'm an Afghan veteran. So instead of doing that, what they did is they went to Pete Buttigieg, and they said, yo, we need a distraction. Can, 
Can you do that thing that you were going to do, but we're planning on delaying until later? Can you do that now? So that becomes the story now. And Pete's like, yeah, sure, I'll do that. So um, Pete Buttigieg and his husband are going to adopt a kid. Hey, just like that, you're not covering Afghanistan. Pete Buttigieg doesn't have to weigh in on Afghanistan like he's loved doing this entire time. That was the whole point that he went there. He volunteered to go there. He chose to go there while he was mayor so he could use this for his political clout. And and he's he's been really quiet about it. But luckily, he is available in the, the executive branch of government to provide a distraction for old Joe. Just let everybody know that you're going to have a kid. And just like that, just like that, you've got a narrative of the first gay couple of the country having a child. Don't have to talk about Afghanistan anymore, folks. See? Just like that, the problem went away. Problem went away. But um, Pete Buttigieg served in Afghanistan at a desk, but he served in Afghanistan, in case you didn't know. But Politico is really concerned about his PTSD. We got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Uh, I finished the article on the Notre Dame professor who lied about Indiana causing gun deaths in Chicago. That is at TheBurningTruth.us. Go read that now. Got more coming up. 95.3 MNC.